<laughs> oh, well, it's good to be back with you. And I am just thrilled to be here. <clears throat> More so am I thrilled to be in relationship with Gateway Church, Colorado Springs. And I am just thrilled um, to know you and to be associated with you. And Pastor Derek and Angie are my favorite people on the planet. And uh, I just am glad to be in relationship. So you ready to get into the Word? Uh, f- now, what time do you normally get out, Angie? Three? No. <laughs> I got a late checkout for three, so... And I understand there's a good meal waiting on me after this, so I want to preach good in a hurry. Twelve. All right. Well, it's almost 11.30 now, so we better get started, don't you imagine? I might have to go over just a, a couple of minutes, but uh, not long for sure. <clears throat> um, I understand, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to keep apologizing for my cough, so I'll apologize once for it, all right? And then will you just please endure and uh, love me, even though I might be coughing a little bit today? Um, I understand that you all have been in a study, a series of revelation from another dimension. What a great series. I wish I'd have thought of that title. That's a great title. And I I understand a little bit of what you all have been in, and I just want to put an exclamation point on that series today with you. And um, just believe the Lord is is speaking something um, for me to add to that. You know, that's where the power of God comes from. How many of you like to see the power of God active in your life every day? The power of God comes from another dimension. Now, I said dimension. I didn't say another place. Don't think geography. You get in trouble when you think geography like that. It's not another geographic place. It's another dimension the power of God comes from. The power of God is in you right now. It's just in another dimension. And, you know, uh, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, well, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, the revelation, the knowledge of who I am, Jesus was saying, came from another dimension. Not from another place, not another geographic place, but another dimension. And you and I have the opportunity to walk every day in another dimension. And so I want to talk with you just a few minutes about that. Now another cool thing about the dimension, the other dimension, is that angels come from the other dimension. The Bible says that they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation and so that's me and you and so I like angels somebody said they fly off of your car if you go over 55 but I'm here to testify that ain't true <clears throat> that's not true matter of fact they can hang on real good I've tried it out and they can hang on good but they're ministering spirits from another dimension and <clears throat> we've got an enemy I don't know if you've met him His name is the devil, Lucifer, Satan. He's against us, and he has cohorts in another dimension. 
that tries to harass us and vex us and come over into this dimension that we're aware of. But here's the cool thing about that. I am in charge of my atmosphere. And so some days I wake up and I feel a good atmosphere. And other days I wake up and I don't feel a good atmosphere at all. And so as I have grown in Christ, I've realized, well, I'm the one that sets the thermostat for my atmosphere. And so if it's cold, what do you do? You turn it up. If it's too hot, and so it is in the Spirit that you and I are responsible for our atmosphere. We, you and I are responsible for how much of the power of God we walk in from the other dimension. Is that a pretty good introduction? All right, so now here we go. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to show you <coughs> this portion of Scripture. And I want to read it quickly. Thank you. I want to read it quickly because um, I, don't, I don't want us to... <coughs> Um, let me get my find my wits about me here yeah Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 11 to 22 I want to read it quickly and then just make a few comments because I do want to respect your time today but more importantly than that, I want to respect the Holy Spirit. And I do want to say what He's saying, but I just want to do it in a, in a, um, a disciplined and excellent way. Now in verse 11, Wherefore remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. <clears throat> that at that time you were without Christ. Do you remember that day? You were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one. Now here the context is Gentiles, and Jews, right? He has brought the two together and made the both one and broken down the middle wall of partition. Verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, so that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. Now watch. For through him we both have access. Say, I have access. Wow. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now we're talking about another dimension. We've been talking about another dimension. And today we're looking again at this new dimension that we can access.
access. We believe we can. And now we found evidence in Ephesians chapter 2 that I have access to the Father who is in another dimension. Say amen. God is a spirit. And so he's in another dimension. It doesn't mean he's a long way off, but he is in another dimension. And I have access to the Father, and now the Bible tells me what gives me access. By one Spirit. Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God are all those who have access to the other dimension. They're family now. <laughs> oh, Lord. And are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, I want you to see in your mind's eye as we go through the Word today, a doorway. And on the other side of the doorway is this new dimension, this added dimension that Pastor Derek has been talking about for, for weeks now. And what I want to focus on is to help give you some light, help give you some revelation on how is it that with confidence you can approach that doorway and know that you, not Pastor Derek, and not Dr. Cox, or not someone else that you see on TV, a TV preacher or something. No, you have confidence that you have access to enter into that other dimension. Now we see this all through Scripture. Uh, people tapping into the other dimension. It is tangible. It is another dimension, but yet it is very, very tangible. We tap into it in worship. We tap into it in worship. Uh, it, the darkness is, is pushed back, or I like the word dispelled, by the light that begins to shine up out of me, but it's coming from another dimension. It's not my you don't see it with five senses, the natural man. You see it with the spiritual man. Now, Damon, uh, the, as I'm talking here to everybody else, the Spirit of the Lord's talking to me about you. So, if, would you hold on to here just a second? I believe the Spirit of the Lord says about you that you have been prepared since you were in your mother's womb, to be raised up in God's kingdom and to be one who God has ordained would pierce the darkness. There's evidence of the calling, there's evidence of the gifting even in your voice. As you lift up your voice, as you lift up that tenor in your voice, it has a piercing quality to it. And that in itself is evidence of a gift that God has put in you to pierce the darkness. And not only to pierce the darkness with your music, 
not only with your voice singing, but in business, God has ordained you to pierce the darkness. And in ministry, God has ordained you to pierce the darkness. You, your wife, and your family have been set apart to pierce the darkness, to dispel the darkness and usher in the light. Grab hold of that word. Grab hold of that word and incarnate that word and make it your very own. Because there's a new anointing coming. There's a new grace that is coming. There's a new access into a higher level of spiritual energy that you will tap into and forces, spiritual forces you will tap into that will push back the darkness. I see people being healed uh, as they hear your voice. I see people uh, being healed and transformed and changed and having an encounter with God even through business practice. So grab hold of the word and make it your own, for surely you've been ordained to pierce the darkness. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Amen, 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 and amen. <clears throat> now it's tangible. I think that's where I was at. It's tangible. And <clears throat> the power of God is tangible as we touch it, as we access it through that imagined doorway that I spoke of. Now, the Old Testament, we see examples, and in the New Testament, we see examples of people who operated under this other dimension. Now, primarily in the Old Testament, we see that the power of God, this other dimension, came on certain ones for them to pull off certain feats, uh, be it Elijah with the prophets of Baal, or be it David killing a lion and a bear, and even Goliath from Gath. We see the, this other dimension coming on people to accomplish certain things that were the will of God. Now, in the New Testament, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul begins to bring revelation that causes this other dimension to not just be seen in terms of uh, coming on you to accomplish feats, but to be lived every day. To be lived every day. For it to be the very unction you live by. And so we're going to see that in the Scripture here in just a moment. Be before I close in 1 Corinthians, I want to show you that uh, very, very clearly in the Scripture. <coughs> But surely the power of God is for more than just zapping people and pulling off certain feats. It's to, be, it's to live by every day and to please God with. Because to please God, you've got to live by faith. And you can't access the Spirit other than by faith. And so let's get now into just a few examples in the Scripture uh, and, and look at those. Before I do that, I want to define something for you. I want you, if you're taking notes, to put in quotation marks, in the Spirit by faith, those words. In the Spirit by faith. That seems very casual language. It, it, 
but it has so much meaning um, that it's absolutely incredible what that means. In the Spirit by faith. God is a Spirit. Three people agree with me in the room. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll teach it one more time and let's see if we can get ten. God is a Spirit. And... <clears throat> He lives in a realm called the Spirit. He is a Spirit and He lives in the Spirit. That's where God lives. That's how come God isn't near as upset about stuff as you can get. Because sometimes you and I aren't in the Spirit. Sometimes you and I, I know, or somebody you know maybe... Gets in the flesh. And look at circumstances in the natural. (laughs) But God doesn't look at circumstances in the flesh nor the natural. God looks at circumstances and situations in the spirit. And now that's God. So okay, well surely God can do that. But God has ordained that you do that. That you and I, not for certain feats every five years, but every day that you and I would live in the Spirit. How in the world am I going to do that? By faith. And when I live in the Spirit by faith, I walk through a doorway into another dimension. And it does for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. (laughs) It really does. That's a great analogy. Because it, in some ways, turns me into somebody else. Now, I don't mean another personality. I just mean a personality that went from being controlled by the natural now to being governed and controlled by the Spirit. And oh, is that different than that former way of living. And so let's talk now about what does it mean? How how is it that we can understand in the Spirit? Well, in the Spirit is the realm where God lives in, and He has ordained that I can live there too. Notice I stress the word live, not visit, but live. Now, what do I mean when I say by faith? Well, faith is, I, I hesitate using such a natural analogy, uh, so please don't take the metaphor too far because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to disgrace spiritual things but <clears throat> faith is in some ways like the access card that gets you into the account called in the spirit and in the spirit I, I want one of these accounts because <laughs> it has no bottom I like accounts that have no bottom. (laughs) I don't have one, but that's why I'm preaching. I'm preaching it into existence here today. By faith is the way that we access anything in 
another dimension other than five senses natural that any man anywhere without Christ can sense natural things. But it takes faith to access and sense spiritual things. And so by faith is the way that I access this world called this dimension called in the Spirit. And when I get in the Spirit, what is all in there? Well, all that God has is there, including all of His attributes. Love is there. Joy, peace is there. And so by faith, I can access the spirit dimension and enjoy all the fruit and all the attributes and all the victories that it affords. That's good news, brother. That's tremendous news. When you get a bad phone call, when somebody's been in an accident, what are you going to do? Are you going to shrink in fear because you only have five senses to go with? Or are you going to pull your access and go into the spirit realm where God lives, where he doesn't get upset about bad news? You know why? Because he is good news. And he changes news. He changes news. Look at your neighbor and say, He changes your news. <laughs> New headlines. The moment that I access the spirit realm by faith. Now, here's something, and then we'll look at these examples. When I choose, when I choose, when I choose... To live and walk in the Spirit by faith, supernatural liberty is always the result. I mean, that's worth paying my plane ticket to come say that. Let me say that one more time. Because I want to I fly back home, so can I say it twice? When I choose, it's a choice. But when I choose to access this realm called in the Spirit, how? By faith I access in the Spirit. When I choose to live and walk in the Spirit by faith, supernatural liberty is always the result. Because I begin to be clothed with the power that God made available in Christ. That's my phone booth. That's what makes my perspective change. Have you ever come to church with the mully grubs? Do y'all have mully grubs in? Well, I know you know what mully grubs is because you're from North Carolina. You, you, you're down there with me. You, you, but do y'all have mully grubs in, in Colorado? You know what that is. You just come to church, but you sure don't want to be here. And then you're thinking of everything that's wrong. How many of you would say, I have, I admit, I have done that once or twice. And when I did and, and entered into worship, and maybe I tried about that hard to enter into worship 
But as soon as I did, I felt something just come all over me. It was, it was like a phone booth. It, it was like, Lord, I feel better now. I mean, are you and I schizophrenic or what? <laughs> no, we're not schizophrenic. We just stepped out of one realm into another realm. We talk about in the Spirit, and some people conjure up all kinds of ideas, like you start levitating and your eyes roll back in the back of your head or some silly thing like that. No, you, you still know what the news says. You still know what the weather is doing. You still know uh, what bills you need to pay this week. You still are aware of everything. But all of a sudden, that stuff is not on top of you anymore. That news is not controlling or governing how you think anymore. And so you step from one realm into another, and spiritual liberty is always the result. I don't know about you, but every day I possibly can, I want to live in supernatural liberty. Now, so much of the church has put this off for when we die and get to heaven. Now, that's crazy thinking. There's nothing to conquer in heaven. What are you going to conquer in heaven? You don't need another dimension. You are the other dimension. So, so conquering stuff is for now. Not for then. But so much of the church has had the attitude, let's just hold on, hold the fort, hold the fort, and pray, dear Jesus, come quickly and save us from all this mess. Well, I don't know that that's all wrong to pray, but I found a better way to pray. And that is that God would not only just be my rescuer, but He would be my enabler. And that something could come on me and that I could be able to resist and pierce the darkness in this world, not in the next. Amen? We're talking about another dimension and revelation of that dimension. All right. Now, here's some examples. Uh, because of time, can I just give you the references and tell you the stories rather than, than turn to them and read them? Would that be all right? I promise you I won't. I won't misrepresent anything. Uh, the first is found in 1 Samuel 6, 7 through 14. <clears throat> now, here's the story that Philistines had, had uh, taken the Ark of the Covenant away from God's people and put it in this place next to their God, Dagon. Now, there was a problem with that. Because Dagon, <laughs> Dagon kept falling over. And so here was Yahweh in the box, and here was Dagon. And every time the Philistines come back in, Dagon was laying over. Because Dagon was God with a little g. Yahweh's God with a big g. Hallelujah. And so... <clears throat> They, they, they started getting upset about that because this box, what was just a box, <coughs> kept causing trouble. 
and kept knocking over Dagon. It's not good for your God to be knocked over. It's, it, it, it's not good for morale when your God keeps getting knocked over. And so the Philistines came up with this bright idea that if this thing is that powerful, if it is that real, if it is that tangible, we're going to hook it up to a cart, hook it up to a mother cow, and we're going to lead this mother cow by a pen with her calves in it. Because we know that the instinct of a mother cow is not to leave her young. But this box is going to be behind the cow. And the idea is, if the box belongs, if it's God, Yahweh, then surely Yahweh wants to be in the city of God, Jerusalem. And so here goes the cow, and the cow walks right by the pen of calves. And the Bible says, King James says, lowing as she went. She still knew her natural instinct. See, it wasn't that she just levitated and just didn't care about kids anymore. No, she lowing as she went, but what was in the box was powerful enough. Say powerful enough. What was in the box was powerful enough to override what was the natural instinct of a cow. The question is, what is in the box? And is it strong enough to override the natural instinct of a man? Now, I don't know what you all do in Colorado, but I do know what we do in Georgia. If we hit our finger with a hammer, I'll just use something silly. If we hit our thumb with a hammer in Georgia, uh, a lot of them cuss. It's just natural, right? I know y'all don't cuss in Colorado. Damon had to quit when he moved here from North Carolina. I know he did. <laughs> had to give up cussing to go to Colorado. See, there's natural instincts that when we're governed by the natural, there's things that come natural. But we have God now not living in a box, a wooden box, but he lives in a box called my belly. And he's right here. And he's strong enough to override natural distinctions and cause me not to do the thing that I would have done because I'm living in another dimension. I'm living in the Spirit. How did I get there? By faith. Man, wake up every day by faith and access in the Spirit so that you can override the natural instincts of the human nature and walk in supernatural liberty, which is always the result. Amen. Now, three New Testament. That's one Old Testament. Here's three New Testament uh, references. The first is in, I'll do these quickly, Mark 440. 
<coughs> Mark 4.40. Now, Jesus is on a boat, and the other guys are with him. And Jesus is at the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And a storm comes up, and the boat starts pitching and tossing, pitching and tossing. And they think they're going to die, and so they run and wake up Jesus. And when they wake up Jesus, they say, don't you care that we're about to die? And I'd love to go off on that for a while, but I don't have time. But don't you care that we're going to die? It's, it's interesting that when you're in the natural, controlled by the natural, that you, it's easy for you to make accusations towards someone who's governed and controlled by the Spirit. Help me, Jesus. I ain't never thought of that until right now. Accusation. People in the natural, controlled by the natural, governed by the natural, want all others to join with them in their misery. And so don't you care, Master, that we're about to die? And Jesus stands up and looks, and tries to get his grip on what's happening, and says, Peace! Be still. And the storm and the winds and the waves said, yes, sir. Bow down. Smooth sailings. Because a phone booth, he had walked in his phone booth. He was a natural man, tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. He's walking in another dimension, the same dimension that I can walk in if I choose to. Now, <clears throat> I didn't say I could live my life without sin. You didn't hear me say that. But I can live with supernatural liberty being my result every day. Amen? All right. Now, <clears throat> the Bible goes on in that story, and it says that Jesus looked at him and said, Ye of no faith, no faith, ah, pistos, ah means no, pistos is faith, no faith. Unbelief is no faith. And so Jesus said, <clears throat> you don't have any faith. And what did no faith in these produce? It produced fear, it says in that scripture. Now, Matthew, Matthew chapter... 1431 is a story of, I preach this everywhere I go about it, every time I preach. I love this story because it says so much about what we're able to do. This is, Peter is on a boat. Jesus, well, they're all together and they feed 5,000 and Jesus goes and prays. <coughs> he sends them to the other side. And then Jesus, later after he spends time with God, comes walking across the water. Oh, yeah, man from another world, man from another dimension walking across the water. <clears throat> and it scares, it scares, it scares the disciples in the boat. There's a key. And so they think it's a ghost. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Where is fear? Over here or over here? Fear's in the natural. Remember, Jesus said that you don't have any faith, and so you have fear. 
And so Jesus is walking across the water. And finally, Peter said, I love to go into that deeper. But Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, well, well, come on. Say what, Lord? What's the Greek word for that so I can look that up, Lord? What, what does that mean, come on? Let's do a word study. No, come on. And so Peter said, all right. And so he put one foot out and then the other foot. And Lord, have mercy. He's now walking on water, experiencing supernatural liberty that he's never known. He's a man and he's not God. And he's not Jesus. He's a profane fisherman who's been transformed. If there's hope for Peter, there's hope for me. And there's hope for you walking in this supernatural liberty. And so he starts walking on water. And he gets about halfway to Jesus and he hears lightning. And he hears thunder and he sees waves. And he begins to consider the waves and the wind and the lightning. Now, please answer this. What does a man who's walking on water care what the wind is doing? Really? But he begins to consider it and put that in his calculator. And he, here comes fear. Here comes fear. Oh, my God, this is a storm. These waves are bigger than me. Yeah, but Peter, you're walking on water. And he begins to sink. And Jesus reaches out, saves him, pulls him up. Oh, ye of little faith. The other guys had none. You got little faith. Why did you doubt? No faith produced fear. Little faith produced doubt. Then the centurion is in where? Matthew 8, verse 10. Servant was sick, about to die. And the centurion came to Jesus and asked him to, or Jesus offered to go pray for the servant. And the centurion said back to Jesus, I'm a man under authority. I understand how this authority thing works. You don't need to travel all the way to my house to take authority over that sickness and death that's on that servant. All you got to do is speak the word from right here. And sickness and disease will obey, you are in authority, they will obey and let her go there. Jesus said, whoa, I hadn't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. This faith that this centurion was able to access this other dimension called the spirit realm with his faith. Not with Jesus' faith, with his faith. And Jesus said, all right, I hadn't seen this kind of faith. And Jesus called it great faith. Great faith. And what was the result? It wasn't fear. It wasn't doubt. It was supernatural liberty. So in my first story, 
These guys enjoyed supernatural liberty, but it had to all be done for them. In the second story with Peter, Peter started out in faith, experiencing his own supernatural liberty to walk on water, but then considered the doubt and the wind and the waves, and he began to sink. He experienced supernatural liberty in the end, but he had to have some help. But the centurion, he walked in supernatural liberty without any help at all, taking responsibility by faith to access this realm that is available for those who will believe. Wow. So now there's some examples. Is the power of God that's in the box able to override the natural instincts? Can I experience and walk in supernatural liberty in this lifetime before I get to heaven? Well, those in the boat did with Jesus. Peter did. He stepped out of a boat and experienced the supernatural liberty. And then the centurion walked in it, taking full responsibility to walk in it himself. Now, I said earlier, and so let me close with this. If you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll close. In the Old Testament, this dimension, we see people walk in it to accomplish certain feats. In the New Testament, we see that it's more of a lifestyle. And what I want you to see is it's available for you to walk in as a lifestyle every day. Now... There's a way that you, you can do that and have confidence to do it. And that is by work on your, your take spiritual exercises with your faith. Because your faith accesses this realm called in the Spirit. Keeping in mind that being in the Spirit doesn't mean I levitate and the eye, my eyes roll back in the back of my head. It doesn't mean any of that nonsense. It just means that I go from being controlled and governed by my natural senses that still work well. But I go from being controlled and governed by it to being governed by the Spirit. Now, you and I are three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. And so let's talk about this for just a minute. Now, are you at 1 Corinthians chapter 2? All right, let's, let's look here, and I'll again read a portion of, of Scripture. Well, I need to be in 1 Corinthians myself. I want to read this as quick as possible and then make just a couple of comments about it. But I want you to get, I want you to get the context of how Paul gets to where he gets to at the end of this portion of Scripture. So let's go. Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech 
are of wisdom, declaring unto you a testimony of God. But I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, mature spiritually, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, and neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them. But God hath revealed. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God or for the students that I talked to yesterday for the spirit that is up out of God wow I like it Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is up out of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing or uniting spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, now say this with me, sukikos. That's P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. Suke is soul. Ikos is the suffix that means the prefix is the ruling factor. So sukikos is a man who's controlled by his suke. A sukikos is an, a natural man is a man who's controlled and governed. What a, what a great word to remember. Governed by the natural circumstances and instincts. And so he says here, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. The word is Mariah in the Greek. It means moronic. So the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit, For he thinks the things of the Spirit are moronic. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Now, a sukikos is a natural man who is controlled primarily by his natural instinct. A pneumatikos, a pneumaikos, is a man who primarily is controlled By his spirit. And so you and I are in this process, if we are in Christ, of leaving the Sukikos world 
and entering in by faith into the nomadicos world where we're no longer controlled. Oh, we still know what the news says. We still know how to read a bank statement. We still know what's on our prayer list that we haven't seen manifest yet. But we're not controlled by that. We're going to shout anyway. We're going to praise and welcome God with our praise anyway. We're going to make our shouts be an anthem anyway. Because we're not controlled by the natural instinct. Where it would be roll up the blinds, shut the door and go into depression. We're not going to do that now. Because we're going to be controlled by our spirit. And God is a spirit and lives in a realm called the spirit. And he's not bothered by all that my natural man is troubled with. And so by faith I enter into the realm where God lives. And man it feels different up in here. And the thoughts that are flying around on my screen are different than the thoughts filling my mind over here. How did I get over there? How can I stay over there? By faith. By faith. Waking up every day and exercising my faith by the blood of God's Lamb. Remember Ephesians chapter 2? We read it in the beginning. God has made available. God wants me to live here. I'm not just wanting it. God has made available this place in the Spirit for me to live. That's why Jesus died, so that I wouldn't have to be a natural man only, but that I could live in the economy, in the atmosphere, in the kingdom of God. Piercing the darkness with my life. Not living life as a victim. Oh, oh, Jesus, would you just come please save me? The devil's so big and bad, he's just beating my brains out. Does that sound like Jesus to you? No. I'm not suggesting you and I'll ever be Jesus, the Son of God. But I am suggesting, I'm doing more than suggesting. I'm prophesying to you. God wants to raise you up as a son and a daughter of God. Able to run daddy's business for him. Not asking daddy to come back from his fishing trip and straighten out a mess. You straighten out the mess on your own. Sometimes our prayers, I just sit back and listen to them and I think, are we ever going to get it? And we call it humility because we don't want anybody to see us as the healer. I know I'm not the healer, but I'm the one that lays hands on them and heals them. The healer lives in the box. Come on. The healer lives in the box. I'm not thinking of myself more highly than I ought. But why have I got to pray, Father, do this, and Father, do that, and Father, come do this? Why can't I say, hey, you devil of sickness and disease, you gather up your stuff, and you get out of this man's body right now in the name of Jesus. This is where the authority comes from, the Spirit. It's not mine. I didn't earn it. Are you kidding me? I get to enjoy it, but I didn't earn anything. But it's freely given to you and I.
But we've got to grow up and run daddy's business for him. And not just be victims all of our days. The church has lost a lot of its impact on our culture today. Because it won't rise up and say something. Just takes what comes down the pipe. Just, well, we, we can't help ourselves. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. We can use the authority that is in Christ. And darkness has to obey His voice. When it's His voice. Oh, well, He's not around. Oh, yes, He is. Galatians 2.20 says, I don't know if I can quote it now. <clears throat> but Galatians 2.20 says, It's no longer I that lives. But it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live in the flesh according to the faith of the Son of God who loves me. And so Christ is in me. And so Christ is the one that says, darkness, pick up all your stuff and get out. But who is Christ going to talk through? Someone who's got faith to access the Spirit and step through a phone booth and doesn't, is not conceited and self-centered, but at the same time is not so, life is not all about me and I'm so concerned with how you're going to hear and understand that. I know I'm not taking credit for what I'm saying. And so I just become a tissue in the breeze. I just so submit to Christ, so submit my mind and my mouth to Christ, that Christ can speak up out of me. And Christ in me gets bothered when he sees sick people. Christ in me gets bothered when he sees people bound up and addicted to all sorts of things. It's not me. It's Christ gets bothered because the price has been paid to be free. And they could be free if they knew how to be free. And the Christ in me gets bothered and upset and wants to change it for them. And help them. If they can't do it for themselves, controlled by fear, I'll help them till they can. And later they can become a Peter, who they can do some of the stuff themselves and might need even more help. And I'll help them then. But thanks be unto God, if I'll keep helping, he'll turn into a centurion and take responsibility for himself and access the spirit realm. And walk in supernatural liberty, which is always the result. Mm. Come on, somebody, growl. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's all the time I've got. Matter of fact, I'm 17 minutes over. Turn, turn with me and let me show you a scripture for your meditation this week. <clears throat> and I want to pray for you. And I'm done. This little scripture, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2, <coughs> Philippians 2, I just want to share this with you. Uh, I hadn't planned on saying this, and in my room this morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit brought this up to me, and so I want to make sure I do what I felt He uh, urged me to do. Uh, 2.13, Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh 
in me both to will, that is desire, and to do, accomplish his good pleasure. Now here's what I want, I want you to hook up with this prayer. I'm going to start it, but <clears throat> you take your faith and you keep accessing this for the rest of the week and next week too. You keep accessing this place that we are right now at the close of this meeting. <clears throat> I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit, even now, begins to go to work with His energy inside of you. And that is inside of your heart, inside of your belief system, inside of the part of you that you believe God with, the part of you that out of the abundance of it, the mouth speaks, that part of you. I'm going to pray that God go to work in your heart and create new desires that haven't been there before. Or maybe they've been there before, but that His energy would go to work and cause them to get hotter and more passionate. And that the urge to get off of your stool of do nothing about it would get stronger and stronger and stronger until you can't take it anymore and you say, God, give me the power to accomplish new measures of spiritual liberty in my life. Winning victories that I've never been able. Breaking habits that I've never been able. Breaking addictions that I've never been able to conquer. Breaking strongholds in my life that I've never conquered before. Give me new desires to conquer it by spiritual liberty. And walk in this other dimension long before I die and go to heaven. Giants here to be conquered right here and right now in my life. My spirit, my soul, and my body needs to be liberated. And the cool thing about it is you don't have to just operate on the desire that's in your heart right now. Because this is a wonderful deal. God is at work in you to cause you to desire new stuff and then give you the power to accomplish the new stuff that He caused you to desire. It don't get no better than this, man. Now, Holy Spirit, I release my faith now in the name of Jesus that you begin to settle down over every heart in the building and that you begin with your energy to cause new desires with your creative oil, with your anointing, O oh God, cause new desires to fill our heart where we want to walk in new measures of power. That we want to walk in not just some, but all of what God has made available in Christ. And so fill my heart, fill our hearts with brand new desires that will stand up and begin to say something in the areas of our life that we've never said so before. And we'll begin to conquer strongholds and resistance and hindrances that we never thought possible because we were controlled by the thoughts of the natural man. But we leave the thoughts of the natural man and we access the thoughts that God can think concerning me. And God believes I can be free. 
God believes I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God believes that I can conquer the resistance and the hindrance that is tormenting me. God believes that my marriage can turn around. God believes my family can be put back together. God believes that I can bring restoration to family members and loved ones and neighbors. I access the thoughts of God that are in the Spirit by faith. And I begin to meditate and concentrate on what God thinks concerning me. Fill, fill us with new desire and give us the power to accomplish the things that you've given us the desire for. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for victories all over this building. I thank you for victories in neighborhoods where people in this building represent. I thank you for the marketplace opening up and having spiritual liberty uh, situations go on because there's somebody in this room who's ready to believe. Make us pierce the darkness like Damon. Make us pierce the darkness with our lives and with our business and with our voices. Let us pierce the darkness. Dispel the darkness and bring the light. The light of your gospel. The light of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's give Dr. Cox a round of applause. That was a fantastic sermon, and I really appreciate that word. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, as he was, as he was sharing uh, today, that, that we take it upon ourselves to realize that we can live in that spirit realm, that we can walk in the spirit those who walk in the Spirit shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? That's what the Bible says in Galatians. And so, uh, and so that word that he gave, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what God is going to do in the upcoming weeks and months um, for Gateway Church. And so we just want to thank you very much, Dr. Cox, for coming. And we're going to take a love offering. So if the ushers uh, could bring the buckets, and we'll have the buckets on the stage um, for that. So if you would uh, maybe just bless Dr. Cox, if he was a blessing to you today, uh, maybe just drop a little something in there. And in the memo line in the check, just put um, Ferris Cox or Dr. Cox, and I will make sure that that gets distributed appropriately. So God bless you. Have a great week. I will not be here next week. I'll be back home in North Carolina visiting my family. So I'm going back home. So I'll see y'all two weeks from today. So God bless you.